the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show on this Wednesday, middle of August of 2023. Hello. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> this series of, of things to report to you, and I, I really am not sure what the worst is. University of Chicago reports that 30 million Americans believe violence is justified to keep Trump from the presidency. Mm, it's one out of every 10 of my fellow Americans. Hmm. I'm trying to choose words carefully, hence the silence. To think that I... I share this country with such people is is difficult. I'll tell you why it's difficult. Generally speaking, I have not only loved America, but I have loved Americans. Thirty million of my fellow Americans are morally sick. Do I think that it's uh, violence is justified to keep the Democrats from the presidency? See, they they cannot imagine that's that's the lack of self awareness is a characteristic is is a built in characteristic of the left. They do not realize that our contempt for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Adam Schiff. And the rest of the Democrats is as deep as theirs is for Donald Trump. So they they just assume, even though they would never acknowledge it, that we don't have a similar percentage. But you know what? Now that I think of it, I take that back. I don't normally do that because I've usually thought something through logically. But this is a brand new news item. Actually, if you ask these 30 million, do you believe that there is an equivalent number of Americans who believe that violence is justified to keep Biden or Harris or, for that matter, any leading Democrat from the presidency? They would say, of course. They would project onto us what they believe. So I have another question for you. 
in light of this. If 30 million Americans believe violence is justifiable to prevent Donald Trump from being president, do you believe that any one of them does not believe that it's justified to cheat in an election to prevent Donald Trump? Isn't this a sort of, well, if this, then certainly this? If you wear a coat outside at 20 degrees above zero, how much more so you would wear a coat at 20 below zero? It's a how much more so concept. If violence is moral to keep Donald Trump from the presidency, isn't cheating? How much more so is cheating? Cheating is not, after all, involved in violence or involving violence. So anybody who thinks maybe Democrats cheated in the last election is considered a conspiracy uh, purveyor or whatever the verb is. But really? Um, As I've said, from the beginning, I'm agnostic. I accept that Joe Biden is president of the United States, and I also accept that there may well have been cheating Oh, no, I know there was cheating. The question is, was it enough to sway the election? And on that, I am agnostic. It may well have been. So I satisfy neither side, and I I understand that. Those who wish for me to say if there was no cheating or cheating was so negligible as having had no effect on the election, and those who say that there is no question but that the cheating made the Democratic victory possible. But I I have to say what I believe, or I'm unworthy of your attention. I just want it clear, though, that if 30 million Americans do believe violence is appropriate to stop Donald Trump from being president, then certainly at least 30 million believe that cheating to keep him from becoming president is recommended. What is fascinating is Donald Trump was president. May I ask all of these 30 million sick people what exactly happened that makes you believe that violence is appropriate to keep him from the presidency? He had the presidency for four years. What did he do that makes violence appropriate to keep him from being elected a second time? What did he do? He had the chance to do it. Did he suppress you? Did he censor you? What did he do? This is a remarkable thing. I can only say that if one out of ten Americans believes this, and I, I suspect it's more, but let's say one out of ten do believe this, What does that mean in terms of families? It it means one would think that almost every family has at least one member in the extended family who believes this. That certainly most families 
maybe the great majority. Wow. My heart goes out to you if a member of your extended family believes this. I'm not sure you want to find out. <laughs> not that I think about it. Hey, Joe. Just curious. This University of Chicago poll says 30 million Americans endorse violence to stop Trump from being reelected. What do you think of that? Not even are you one of them. Just what do you think of that? The Chicago Project on Security and Threats survey findings, some of which are available at The Guardian, indicate that 18 million, or 6.9% of Americans, feel violence is justified to ensure Trump does become president again. Oh, that's the other. Listen, that's really something. So 30 million Americans think violence is appropriate to stop him, and... 18 million feel violence is justified to ensure he is, he becomes president. Do you believe that? No. No? Interesting. Huh. So, there is violence being used already. The, the use of the arrest powers of the state is violent. You don't come with us. We will physically ensure that you do, and then we will we will take away your rights to live in your own home. You will live in a prison as an act of violence, usually appropriate, but sometimes with a corrupt state or used politically, it is not justifiable. I I fear for my country. I'd like to share with you a thought on my country. As I have noted on a number of occasions, I am reading this long book on the Russian Civil War. The communists, or Bolsheviks as they were originally known, did not take over this gigantic landmass called Russia, one-ninth of the world's surface, easily. There was a violent civil war. Well, by definition, wars are violent. There was a civil war of people fighting them so that the communists not take over. The biggest lesson of this book is the amount of atrocities both sides inflicted. In our civil war, that didn't happen. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate 
create more than gold and silver? What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mention him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. My time on need Whenever I'm down I call on you, my friend I call on you, my friend I call on you, my friend Well, if this is accurate, this University of Chicago study and poll, all I can say is, wow, the decline... And too many of my Americans is really steep. You know, you'll think this is trivial. I don't, obviously, or I wouldn't mention it. In the elevator coming up to my studio this morning, I was with two young men going to their workplaces in the building. Both were in jeans and T-shirts. And, of course, they said nothing to me. Even when I said, you know, have a nice day as I left for the guy, the young guy, he didn't even answer. There's no question that the decline in the the mores of my society is exemplified by clothing. That, that basically a kid, that kid would feel differently about work and himself if he were wearing a tie and a shirt, let alone tie, shirt, and jacket. It's a uniform. It affects you. It wasn't even a collared shirt. It wasn't what they call, I guess, polo shirt. It was T-shirt. Well, anyway, back to back to this. People don't understand how difficult it was to make a decent country out of so many, so many people. It's very hard. And it's so easy to crush. Of this 18 million, 68% believe that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump and 62% believe the prosecution of Trump are intended to hurt his chances. Well, uh, there's no question about that. That's another example of the decline of the country. The Georgia indictment, if you, if you peruse it, it's, it's a farce. He said to the Secretary of State of uh, Georgia... Find me those votes. Why, why, why is that a conspiracy to defraud the government or whatever he's charged with? Find me the votes. Did he say manufacture votes? Did it even happen? Well, University of Chicago's Robert Pape, founding director of the Chicago, what is the full name here? 
Project on Security and Threats, said the public, quote, the public is more radicalized than it was in April, and it's really quite significant. We've been tracking this quite a while, and this is a really big bump. He said a more radicalized public alone is not sufficient for actual violence. He compared the situation to a kindling, which would need something like Trump lighting the fire. Well, maybe the fire is being lit by the indictments and potential jail time. It will have, if he if he goes to jail, a former president and the leading candidate of the opposition party goes to jail, it will be arguably, let me think, is there a darker moment in American history? Well, I guess you could say, what was it, Fort Sumter? The beginning of the uh, Civil War. But that was terrible. It was different. The, the, the arrest of the leading opposition candidate is a form of tyranny and corruption that we have not seen in American history. That's why it's a uniquely dark moment. I don't understand Trump derangement syndrome. I never used the term when he was president. I thought it was a little over the top. The people who used it were right, and I was wrong. That's why it's not... There's nothing you can argue with these people. If you ask them, so what exactly did he do? And he had the power to do so four years as president. What did he do that makes you think he's a fascist? There is no answer. It's what he will do. But he didn't do it when he could. There is not just Trump derangement syndrome, however. There is traditional America derangement syndrome. Just arguing that America has been within a dark world, a beacon, you are accused of nostalgia for a terrible era. It's like before the Democrats engineered life beginning in the 60s, America was just a dark place. That is what they believe. It must shock them when they see the popularity of many black actors and musicians and others that preceded the 1960s, which is not to say that Jim Crow was defensible. It's not. It was an evil. But it it was in the South. It was in one part of the country. People were gradually coming to the realization that this violated the American Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with inalienable rights. We return. 
On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. You'll receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you had your eyes on. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio slash podcast square and use promo code Prager to receive this amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-761-6302. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee, it's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. So, go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 today. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. Among the spectacular groups in the United States fighting for the United States is Americans for Prosperity. I have an interesting question to open with, with the Texas Director of Americans for Prosperity, a seventh-generation Texan, Genevieve Collins. I can't even imagine that. (laughs) Seventh-generation Texan. Wow. Uh, Do you have children? Not yet. I'm recently married. So I told my husband, who is from Delaware, that... We when we have kids, they're going to be from Texas. I I, I can't imagine he's he's opposed to that. <laughs> then you'll have an no. eight, eighth generation. Absolutely, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal exactly. I wish you well in that endeavor. So, I, I'm I am curious, given that you're working uh, on the the financial and economic aspect of of the Biden uh, administration slash regime. Do most Americans think things are okay economically? Absolutely not. I mean, every Texan thinks that it's very strange that Biden has tied his name to economics or the economy, uh, especially considering that everyone feels like they are worse off today than they were four years ago. So, no, the economy is... Biden, this administration is not trusted by any stretch of the imagination. And people are, I think, ready, willing, and able to take their frustration out on these crazy Bidenomic plan that doesn't make sense. So do you read what I would call the opposition press? Do you read do you read the New York Times or, or for that matter, I guess, the Dallas Morning News? Do you do you, they they report the economy differently than you and I do. It's amazing that they don't talk about the economy in real terms. You know, I think only the Wall Street Journal is doing the most investigative and true reporting in what we would call mainstream media around the economy. I mean, inflation's been at an all-time high. We've got the largest border surge surges year over year. We've got the most expensive gas and groceries and the highest cost of living and the lowest cost of real wage increases in American history, uh, or at least in the modern times. 
So it's fascinating and quite disturbing that the media is not talking truthfully about the reality of the American situation. I learned, tell me if this is accurate, and if it is accurate, why did I, think of myself as fairly well-informed, not know this? And by the way, it may well be my fault. I, I, I can, I, I'm a, I, by the way, I hope it is. I hope I was in the minority of Americans not knowing this, and tell me if it's accurate, that when the inflation data are offered, of the percentage of inflation, they do not include food and gas. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, Okay, one minute, one minute. I have to lift my jaw. And, and okay, <laughs> my jaw has resumed its place on my face. Can you explain to me why that is? Well, I am not an economist, so unfortunately I'm not going to be able to give you the best answer. However, I think it's one of those situations where data can tell any story you want it to tell. And taking the cost of food and basically the cost of living out of the inflation numbers is going to create an artificial floor that looks better and is perceived better than the real cost of inflation. And we're dealing with an administration that plays statistical gymnastics, if you will, and, and, and that that's acceptable, uh, despite the fact that people across the country are still suffering. They can't afford homes. They are being taxed out of their homes. And, and yet the data that we're getting is quite honestly factually incorrect. I have to find out the, the origins of that. It's such a fraudulent statistic. If you don't include food, <laughs> the staple of life right. in, in the inflation data, which, and I believe, aside from gas in California, where I live, uh, that is the most dramatic increase, food. It's a leading indicator, not a lagging indicator. Yes, exactly. It, my wife and I go to a, a number of restaurants in our town. We live in a small town, so to speak, near L.A., and... I, I would say that in the last couple of years, prices have essentially doubled. I am stunned. A, a, I'm surprised that it's only doubled oh, in oh. California. Well, I can only speak All for, your people are moving to Texas. Yeah, no Y'all kidding. just need to come this way and follow everyone else. This is where the cost of living is cheap. You know, the land of opportunity. This is the place to be. We're giving back $18 billion of taxpayer money this year. I don't think California's ever done something like that. Wow. That is, the whole thing is remarkable. So Americans for Prosperity, where should people go? What's the website name? Americansforprosperity.org. Or, or Bidenomics, is that correct? Is that, is yes. That, okay. Yes, well, we are attacking Bidenomics because, like you mentioned, it's complete. it's a complete farce. Bidenomics doesn't make sense. The economy is worse off. The president's approval ratings are tanking because of the economy, and less than 35% of Americans right. believe that Biden is actually All doing All right, americansforprosperity.org. Back in a moment, I'm Dennis Prager. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. I received a question yesterday. On Tuesdays, I record my fireside chat each week for... Prager University, and 
I was uh, I have a very large young audience around the world. So I open up with comments and then I take questions from viewers slash listeners. So I got one from a 32-year-old woman who said she's about to get married. She's very happy and deeply in love. And she would like to write her husband a note and give it to him privately on their wedding day. Before I give you my answer... I want to remind you, this is the male-female hour. Every Wednesday, the second hour of my radio show is devoted to really honest talk about men and women. So she said, what do you suggest I write to him on our wedding day in a private note? And I, I was honored that she would care to ask me that. So I gave it a few minutes thought because I only see these questions right before I'm about to video the fireside chat. And this is what I said. I said, you obviously write whatever you want about how much you love him, even why you love him. But uh, I would add this. I promise never to take you for granted. That was my answer. I promise. What's the problem? It's no longer private, he says, Sean. Because I told her what to write. That's an interesting point from a very interesting mind. Okay, well, that... We'll leave that problem aside. I'm not sure the husband has watched. And even if he did, it doesn't matter. If somebody suggested to her that she write, I promise never to take you for granted, it doesn't in any way lessen the importance of that message. So I am devoting this male-female hour to the question, what would you suggest somebody say in a in a note on their wedding day as i noted 18 prager 776 it's a, it's an interesting and tough question but many of you are married and some of you have been married a long time how would you distill your knowledge about marriage into a sentence or two this is what I'd like you to know. This is what I would like to say to you on our wedding day. There is a Seattle-based marital therapist, psychologist. His name Gutman. I think it's Gutman. And he's widely regarded as one of the greatest experts on marriage. He reputedly can tell if he watches a couple interact for a few minutes he can predict whether they'll divorce or not with great accuracy just watching them interact and he has noted 
that there is, I think, I hope I am paraphrasing him correctly, there is one insoluble issue that arises between couples. Almost everything can be solved except this. This is the inevitable producer of divorce, or if you don't divorce, a lousy marriage. Contempt. Simple as that. Contempt is the other way of saying, I take you for granted. And after many years, it may be hard not to take someone for granted. But that is the mother of divorce. Taking a person for granted. So what would you what would you have somebody write on their wedding day? What have you distilled? As I noted in speaking about taking your spouse for granted, I noted that I have talked on the radio with people about their crises in their marriages. My suspicion is it is far easier, and it isn't easy, but it is easier to maintain a marriage after an infidelity than it is after contempt or after being taken for granted. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. In effect, I guess I'm asking you, what would you advise newlyweds in a sentence or two to help ensure a solid marriage? So, whether you specifically address the issue of what would you say in a note or not. What I'm really asking is, based on your experience, what advice, what one sentence, if you will, or two sentences would you recommend? It's very easy to take for granted. You can take your friends for granted. You can take your health for granted. You have to, one has to work against one's nature in order to be perpetually grateful. Most, most people are grateful for their spouse on their wedding day. Man, I'm lucky I, I got this person. I hope, I hope that's true, by the way. I hope that's what most people feel. The trick is to continue feeling that. That's the point. If you if you felt you were lucky on your wedding day, do you feel that you are lucky, still lucky today? Good question, isn't it? If you do, you can weather any crisis. If you don't, let's say uh, it's going to be a difficult road. Your marriage will be difficult. Like everything else, it has to be worked on. Gratitude is the most important, probably, of the human traits. 
And that is why I said I'd like you to write. I, I plan to never take you for granted, or I promise even. I'm just finishing the fourth book of the Bible in my commentary. And the, the chapter, I think it's, is it 30, 31, 29, any one of those chapters is on vows. And it says, anything you take a vow with regard to you must keep. That's a big one. Don't take for granted is my suggestion. We return on the male-female hour. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager, the male-female hour every Wednesday. Now, I was asked on the PragerU Fireside chat, which I do every week. I was asked by a young woman who was getting about to get married. What should she write her husband? She wants to write him a note on the wedding day. I said, write that you promise never to take him for granted. So I'm, in effect, asking you, how would you summarize advice that you would give to a newlywed. Okay, let's see here. We got some very uh, different responses. Hmm. Be Emma in Hayden, Idaho. Hi. Hey, Dennis. Hey, you know a friend of mine, Greg Woodman. Yes, indeed. He's like my fourth son. He's such a great guy. Anyway, I am totally serious about this. And every wedding I go to, I tell the, the man, no matter where you are, in your home or in a party, always make her feel like she's the most important person in the world. And to the woman, I say, always go to bed pretty. And I have had a couple say to me that her husband, whenever he gets, he, he had, when she comes to bed, he says, thank you, Emma. And I really think for the male, that sex, if you're having sex with your husband on a regular basis, daily even, you're going to keep that playfulness between each other. There's no way you would take each other for granted. So you agree with my 
my articles that I wrote, a two-part column about 15 years ago, uh, for which I have been so attacked that the left says that I am pro-marital rape. All I wrote was, if you love your husband and he's a good man, don't always allow your mood to determine whether you are intimate with him. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go to bed pretty, and he should always make you feel that you're the most important person in, in, your, in his life. Is, did I yes. summarize you correctly? You did. Well said, Emma. Emma, Emma. I, it's one of the few callers that I actually know. I don't mean personally, but know as a caller and listener from many years. She moved, I moved many years ago to Idaho, which was a very smart thing to do. I believe it was from California. That's an interesting thing. Do you know when couples meet me at speeches, they will frequently say, thank you, the male-female hours really had a positive impact on our marriage. And it's fascinating because I will, uh, I will look at the husband and I will say, you owe me. <laughs> and they'll both laugh and they'll both agree. Okay, let's see here. What else? Hmm. Colleen, Cleveland. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> really well, thank you. Glad to hear that. Okay, go ahead. So I, I would put down that I promise to always make you number two. And the reason is because you're supposed to put God first, and then you put your spouse, and then you put your children. But I think life gets so busy that many times those that order gets messed up. And if you promise to always make the effort to make your spouse number two behind God, you have a much better chance of succeeding. Hmm. And you have you done that? I have. We do our very best. We're Catholic. We go to church every Sunday. And when it's time to extend peace, I will climb over my children to hug my husband first. Because I, peace be with you with God. Who, who taught husband, you that? And then my children. My husband did. Well, that's interesting. He did. And I like your saying about not taking someone for granted. And I don't mean to be critical or sound critical, but I think realistically, I think it's inevitable. We all love each other differently and use different language. And the hopes that we would not take someone for granted are there. But I think it's almost inevitable that we do. For example, you know, my husband and I have a pretty good communication. Um, we have a morning date every morning. We get up and have coffee and we talk about the day and what's going on. And we talk about what we need, what we don't need, and then we go on our merry ways. But, and we try not to take each other for granted, but he still looks at what I do and I look at what he does, and we don't really value them the same. So I think that 
ultimately, we both do take each other for granted accidentally. It's not because we don't love each other or respect what the other one does every day. It's just because it's part of life and it's part of a relationship. Hence the reason why it's so important to keep the order of God, your spouse, and then your children in that order. Your children will grow up and leave you. Does he also do that? Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. And I tell him when I'm not feeling valued. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of an awakening because he most of the time doesn't realize that he's not putting value to what I'm doing every day and making me feel like what I do is just as important as what he does. And I think it's accidental. I don't think he purposely wakes up in the morning and says, I think I'm going to make my my wife feel unvalued and unimportant. But he gets into his schedule, I get into my schedule, and ultimately there's conflict at times. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. God, your spouse, and your children. Even for those of you for whom God is not a presence in your life, just putting your spouse above your children is a huge, uh, hugely important idea for a good marriage. I think it's more likely that the woman put the children first. And I know from emails and I know from speaking to people that it comes as a a shock, basically, an emotional shock to many men when a child arrives and it seems that the child is the number one love object of the wife. Now, obviously, things change when a child comes. You have to maturely acknowledge that fact. But you have to remember he he is first, and of course she is first with regard to the children. I'm Dennis Prager. I was asked on a fireside chat by a 32-year-old woman just about to get married, what should she write to her husband and give to him privately on their wedding day? And I said, in addition to anything loving, just say, I promise to never take you for granted. So let me talk about that just for a quick moment. Because the last caller, very thoughtful woman, said it's inevitable you, you, I think basically she was saying, it's inevitable you will take a person for granted after X number of years. And I will give you a non-marital analogy and say I don't agree with that. Your health, do you take your health for granted? If you do, you're not a grateful person. When do people not take their health for granted? When they lose it. (laughs) We have to train ourselves to be grateful. Gratitude, which is the opposite of taking for granted, doesn't come naturally. It only does at the moment of the receipt of the good thing. You You don't take your health for granted when you're released from the hospital. And shortly thereafter, you do. 
You don't take your spouse for granted on your wedding day because that's why it's your wedding day. You really feel lucky, I hope, that you got this person. Work on gratitude for having this person. Never forget that you felt lucky to marry this person on your wedding day. That's what I would say. Why are you less lucky today? Hmm? Okay, let's see. What else do you folks have to say? Barbara in Celine, Michigan. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hello. It's so funny. I just gave the wedding couple this weekend the advice of the four Fs. Faith, forgiveness, friends, and family will get you through the ups and downs. The ups bring joy. The downs build character. The the ups bring joy, the downs bring character. That's good. So where did you pick up this four Fs? I just, that day when I was Oh, you made it up. Card. You made it up. Yes. I like it. I got to yes. remember it. Faith, family, forgiveness. And a- friends. And friends, yes. And, and especially forgiveness. Yeah. Is that such a big part of love? How long you married? Uh, my husband and I were married for 52 years, five children, and I would always tell my friends, two imperfect people that were perfect for each other. You're a wise woman. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, but I'm just stating a fact, not giving you a compliment. But <laughs> So that's an even higher compliment. By the way, if I may ask, how are you handling widowhood? It's difficult because we were together for so long, and I think one of the biggest factors of our success was my husband had this quick wit. And even when he'd do something that would bother me so much, I'd think, I'm just going to stay mad at him. I, I never could because he'd say something and make me laugh. And and all of our friends recognize this, too. So everybody doesn't have that, but it's just something I really loved about my husband and probably helped us through a lot, too. Did you marry at 20? At 19. And he was five years older. I see. And when, how long ago did he die? Three years ago. Of what? He died of cancer during the um, COVID thing, and they would not for two months take him into the hospital because of that. But I'm a girl with the glass half full, and I think it turned out for the better because when they did take him in and he got the chemo, it just took him down immediately. He wanted to have the summer. And he had most of the summer. And In retrospect, um, you would not have had chemo. Pardon? In retrospect, you would not have had chemo. No. I hear but that, I I hear that from through, a lot of people. Through faith and prayer, my husband had, 22 years before that, had stage 4 cancer. Oh, wow. So he was living on a gift. 
See, folks, I'll bet you they didn't take health for granted. You shouldn't have to lose something. You're a wonderful woman. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, the one of the left-wing senators of the Democratic Party. They nearly all are. And I've always thought of him as a particularly dumb man. And that is... Chris Murphy of Connecticut. So he is uh, he has attacked Prager U from the Senate floor. So what is alternate? Who is that a left wing thing? So they're reporting this. A top Democratic U.S. senator is furious over quote racist right wing indoctrination unquote videos produced by an unaccredited conservative organization which downplays or defends slavery. See, remember, I mean this literally as I do, as literally as I would say that I love my children. I have the same conviction when I say to you that truth is not a left-wing value. In other words, if you said to them, is it wrong to lie, they would say, of course they would say yes. But telling the truth is not a value of theirs. If confronted, they would say, of course lying is wrong. But it's not, it's a, not a normative guidepost for them or a guideline. I'll prove it to you in a moment. U.S. Senator Chris Murphy on Tuesday, that was yesterday, called the videos abhorrent. Apparently, his son, his 14-year-old son, started watching PragerU videos. (laughs) This must have so horrified the father. But it gives you an idea of our reach, thanks to the fact that people donate. We have a massive reach. Please donate. It's fundraising month for PragerU. If this story doesn't prompt you to do it, nothing will. PragerU.com. So listen to this, because I want to answer his charges. It's important. The videos People reported last week, People magazine reported this. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) God. Are the creation of PragerU, an organization founded by conservative radio host Dennis Prager. While the videos are not considered required content in Florida schools, the state's Department of Education has said the PragerU material, quote, aligns to Florida's revised civics and government standards and can be used as supplemental material in Florida schools at district discretion. In other words, you can use them. That's it. You don't have to use them. You can use them. One video features, now listen to this, because this is, they all use the same examples because they, they read from the same script. One video features an animated Christopher Columbus. It's very important that you hear the critique so that you understand its dishonesty. An animated Christopher Columbus saying slavery is as old as time and has taken place in every corner of the world, even amongst the people I just left. Being taken as a slave is better than being killed. No, 
The animated Columbus continues in the PragerU video. Before you judge, you must ask yourself, what did the culture and society of the time treat as no big deal? Okay. So, let's try to understand. This is always used, the Christopher Columbus example, that we downplay or defend slavery because Christopher Columbus, in one of our animated uh, cartoons or videos, says this to, what is it, Leela and Layla? Leo. Leo, yeah. Leo and Layla, yeah. Leo and Layla go back in time, and they visit people. They never tell you because they lie on the left always. They always lie. They never say, gee, am I being intellectually honest in saying what PragerU's videos actually says? Of course not. Being intellectually honest is the end of leftism. Truth is the enemy of the left. Here's an example. The next line in the video is Leo and Layla telling Christopher Columbus that they came to visit him from the future. And in the future, slavery will be banned, outlawed. And he says, wow, great. That is so good to hear. Now, this is really important. Because we are committed to truth, we put words in Columbus's mouth that he would have said. Columbus would have said, hey, what's the big deal? Slavery has existed since the beginning of time. All our cultures, including my own, practice it. If we would have had Columbus say, slavery, it's terrible. I hate slavery. Then they would have said on the left, look at how they whitewash Columbus. Right? I told you you would love what I, what I came up with. This is, no matter what we would have Columbus say, they would say we're racist. If Columbus said, hey, everybody does it, we're racist. If Columbus says, oh, it's horrible, we're lying racists. Because Columbus would have defended it. We put actual honest ideas in Columbus's mouth. That's what he would have said. But, we add, he would have been happy to know that in the future it was outlawed. Just to make sure that the people on the left who watch our videos know that we're not endorsing slavery. God. I feel bad for Dodd's son. So this is the example of PragerU endorses slavery. Wow. Senator Murphy says he watched several of the PragerU videos with his young teenage son. He is now denouncing them. Wouldn't you love to know which he watched? I, I, I would pay some money. If you really watched several of them, it's interesting he has no comments on the others, isn't it? What Did they do good for your son? Did they do bad for your son? 
My 14-year-old heard about these and asked me to sit down a watch, I guess it means ad watch, and watch a few full videos. There was no context to save these clips. What does that mean? Okay, you didn't understand that and neither did I. This is racist, right-wing indoctrination being piped straight into the bloodstream of school children. Abhorrent. Yes, this is racist, right-wing indoctrination being piped. See, the, the issue for the left, remember the left has always suppressed dissent. There's no example of the left in power and allowing dissent, if, if, it, if it can ban it, if it has the power to. There is no example. Since the Russian Revolution, one might argue, since the French Revolution, wherever the left is in power, they suppress dissent. This is typical communist tactic. You simply label what you differ with misinformation, disinformation, or in this case, racist. That's the American... In, in the case of the communists of the Soviet Union, it was, uh, let's see, what would they have labeled? Oh, you counter-revolutionary, yeah. Or bourgeois, or landowning, or capitalist. They always have a series of terms for people who differ with them and should be suppressed, either nonviolently or violently. He actually tweeted out, or X'd out, if you will. My 14-year-old heard about these videos and asked me to sit down and watch a few. Now, does he attach the Christopher Columbus? Yeah, you see, this is, a, this is an example of the lies. No lie with Brian Tyler Cohen. That's the name of the tweeter. Ron DeSantis' administration has approved Prager University videos to teach kids about slavery. PragerU is a fake, unaccredited, far-right organization. One of their kids' videos has Columbus saying that slavery was no big deal. That's exactly what Columbus would have said. You lie. All of you lie. If you want to learn about the left, the national hysteria over Florida allowing teachers to use PragerU materials is a perfect way to learn what, how they lie and how they think. So Chris Murphy, senator from Connecticut, has condemned PragerU and Florida. And it is fascinating to read the piece in Alterdet, a left-wing source. So here is the way it is reported. Earlier this month, the Tampa NPR station owned by the University of South Florida reported, despite Governor Ron DeSantis' repeated assertions that Florida backs education, not indoctrination, conservative radio host Dennis Prager, the founder of PragerU, has said the content is meant to indoctrinate showcasing pro-American Judeo-Christian values. Okay, so we're very clear that, yes, we love American values, 
specifically liberty in God we trust, e pluribus unum, and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's American values, and we believe in Judeo-Christian values, as, for example, exemplified by the Ten Commandments. So that's the extent of our indoctrination. We think that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the Ten Commandments are worthy of bringing to kids. Okay? Is that indoctrination in the same way that America is racist and there are 56 genders? Is the, this is the way the left looks at it. Well, you indoctrinate with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We indoctrinate with there are any number of genders, and you will figure out which you are, or maybe you're none, and we'll give you a preferred pronoun, or you'll take a preferred pronoun in third grade. Okay, That's our indoctrination versus their indoctrination. NBC News last week noted that some of the lessons included in PragerU kids videos include, now this is really important. It proves, this is the thousandth proof, that truth is not a left-wing value. NBC News highlights the bad things we teach. Basically, the distortions of, of history, the lies. For So, ready? Some of the lessons included in PragerU video, kids' videos, include slavery was a compromise. See, NBC and Chris Murphy and Alternet don't ask, is that true? They ask, can we use the line to defame PragerU? They don't ask, is it true? Is it true is not a left-wing question, ever. And until you understand that, you cannot understand this truth. The only way to defeat the left is with truth. Truth is kryptonite to the left. Yes, hello, dear Alternet and NBC and Chris Murphy. That's correct. It was a compromise. The North didn't want it, and the Southern states or colonies at the time did. And if they had banned it, there would be no United States. That's a fact. It's not nice. It's not not nice. It's a fact. And they, they write it as if PragerU is telling a lie. Isn't it? It's fascinating. It's, it, we have shined a light, we at PragerU, on the left like it has not been shined before. What else do we teach that is abhorrent nonsense to the left? That the Black Lives Matter mo- movement led to more crime. So wait, so let me understand. NBC and, and Alternet and Chris Murphy think that the Black Lives Matter movement led to less crime? That it was a net plus for the United States of America? It is a corrupt, white-hating, America-hating movement. Everyone knows that. Even most leftists know that. But they're so scared of saying anything negative about anyone other than whites, that they won't acknowledge it. BLM does not represent blacks. It represents the left. 
like teachers' unions, do not represent children. They represent the left. Like the AMA does not represent medicine. It represents the left. Ready for, they're ready for the next disgusting thing PragerU puts out, according to Alternet and the senator and NBC News? Masculinity helped win World War II. Is that a vile notion? Did you see that one? I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see it? Is that awesome? What, it's such a bizarre statement. They, they hate us. They hate us for saying masculinity helped win World War II. Because everybody knows that non-masculine soldiers and Marines and sailors... These uh, and airmen, the, these are the ones who won World War II. Like your father. Like my father, that's right. And my father. And your father. Isn't this amazing what we're attacked for? Masculinity helped win World War II. No, it's, it, what we needed in World War II were, were more... We needed uh, more transgender men and women in the armed forces that would have really helped the cause against Nazism and the Japanese form of Nazism. Wow. One PragerU video includes an animated Frederick Douglass saying, children, our founding fathers knew that slavery was evil and wrong and they knew it would do terrible harm to the nation. They wanted it to end, but their first priority was getting all 13 colonies to unite as one country. Is, is that an accurate statement? Or is it not an accurate statement? What did Jefferson say, who had slaves? He fears that, that God's justice will prevail one day because we practiced slavery. Boy, have we shined a light on the left. We've, uh, we've hit the halls of the U.S. Senate. U.S. Senator left-wing fool. His 14-year-old is apparently watching PragerU videos. It horrified him. After all, we, as it says, we, we have a video speaking about masculinity. It says masculinity helped win World War II. We wouldn't want a Democrat's son to believe that, would we? That's something. So it's fundraising month, August. And I have on the line a woman named Zonia Barbosa was born and raised in Colombia and is an American citizen and she uses PragerU with her kids. So, Zonia, where do you live? Actually, um, I live in Gainesville, Florida. In Gainesville, okay. So, Gainesville is the University of Florida, correct? Uh, correct, but I don't work <laughs> for U.S. No, no, I was going to ask who you root for. Oh, well, I'm really not a sports fan, so I just know a little bit about soccer. Oh, that's fair. Nothing <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a pleasure to speak with you, 
And tell, how many children do you have? Um, I have one six-year-old girl. And what do you use PragerU? What of our things that we produce do you use with her? So we really use Craftery. Uh, we use AutoStyles. We love that. We also try to use uh, the videos with um, the cartoon. What's the name? The, the girl and the boy. Leo and Layla. Yes, they, we use those. And sometimes I'm trying to teach her about finance. So we try the finance videos. The cash flow. Yes, I know. We, we're doing a big service teaching kids about finance. They don't learn about that. They learn about preferred pronouns. What school does she go to? Um, she goes to a small town close to Gainesville. It's called Micanopy. It's a charter school. And you, you trust that school's values? Yes, I think um, my husband is on top of um, her uh, school. He's trying to be involved in all the activities they have. And we trust them. We really like what they have done for us. So is your husband also from Colombia? Uh, yes. And you met in America or in Colombia? In Colombia. We came here together. And how long are you here? I've been here for 10 years, 11 years. It must sadden you to see what's happening in America. Yes. For me, it was very shocking because um, living in the United States was always my dream. I always grew up like seeing movies from America and le- trying to learn about history. And for me, like liberty and how everybody respects each other was amazing. And actually, the first time when I came here was 2009. And that's something that I really like, that people um, respect each other, regardless what opinions they have. And then when I come back, it was a different story. Yeah, it is shocking. So among your friends and acquaintances who come from Latin America, do they agree with you generally or not? Um, Generally, um, regardless, like, Child education and values, yes, we agree on that. And In politics, not that much. So if you agree on values, how how are you different in politics? I never understand that. I feel like it's propaganda that um, is running. Like people's opinions these days, they don't really dig deep in what really matters. And people don't see that right now liberty or freedom is being uh, punished or damaged with all the things that are happening right now. So people don't see that this is threatening. They think like, oh, no, this is okay. We should respect each other. And they really are not in the, in, they're not willing to fight for it or to say something about it. And, and do, do most of your acquaintances from Latin America vote Democrat? Um, no, 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 no. We are still in the process of citizenship. Oh, oh, I see. I understand. I, I get you. Okay, I'll be back with you in a moment. And uh, thank you for uh, holding thank on. Thank you. Right. Thank you. What you've done for me, folks. We're uh, we're really leading the fight here with the PragerU, and it is clear it's driving them 
it's a distraction because Florida has announced teachers can use it. So I have a woman who is becoming an American citizen. Do I have that right? Is that correct, Zonia? Is Zonia on? Uh, okay, guys, we need uh, the phone line on. Why is it off? I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can. It was my fault. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Zonia. I'm laughing because I was so sure Sean had screwed up, and I did. (laughs) So I'm laughing. See, it's really disgusting. I laugh when I screw up, and I don't laugh when he does. Okay, Zonia, you don't have to worry about that. Are you becoming an American citizen? Yes, I, right. That's my dream. So, uh, you, how did you discover PragerU for your child? When it was time for her to start going to school, about two years ago, we recently moved to Florida. We were just, I have, I was very lucky that I met um, one of my neighbors, and she talked to me about PragerU and the resources you have for parents who want to start homeschooling. And I found it, and it was wonderful. So it really gives me a, a lot of ideas. I know of, I learn about um, Exos College, or they, they have an Exos school, and also Hillville, Hillville. Yep, yep. So, and yes, I found this content through um, using ProverU. Well, I hope we meet one day, and you you give all of us hope. Thank you so much, Zonia. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I'd like to ask Senator Murphy, do you think we're hurting this woman's daughter? (laughs) Child comes from Colombia or from Colombian parents who moved here. And she's learning that the American values are good things. It's 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 a giveaway. The attacks on us. I explained to you that one of our videos on masculinity says that masculinity helped win World War II. They find that abhorrent. Doesn't that tell you all you need to know about Alternet, that website? They find the and NBC News that they cite that as something disgusting that we teach. That masculinity helped win World War II. My late father was in the Navy during World War II. And he was a very masculine man, for which I am very grateful. And I tried to provide a masculine model for my two sons. If you'd have said to my dad, Hey, uh, Dad, Mr. Prager, Max Prager, you think that the masculinity helped win World War II? <laughs> it, it would be like asking my father, Mr. Prager, do you do believe that battleships and, and bullets helped win World War II? He wouldn't have understood the question. What, what are you, out of your mind? We have really identified at the core what leftism is. It's a loathing of strength. 
It is a celebration of weakness. Masculine is the antithesis of leftism. It is the antithesis. It's true. The fact that they pick that out proves it. They find that line abhorrent that we said that masculinity helped win World War II. It's an existential threat. Global warming is a threat, but it's not an existential threat. Leftism is an existential threat. Whatever you think is precious, they loathe. That's right. And to pick out our comment that slavery was a compromise is proof that they don't revere truth. They don't give a damn about truth. Of course it was a compromise. That's exactly what it was. Half the country wanted it, half the country didn't. End of issue. Okay. So please help PragerU, PragerU.com. Those who help the fighters are doing as good a work as those who fight. That is the way that is the way it works, my dear friends. Well, <laughs> did you hear about this? I mean, to give you an idea uh, of the uh, of what's going on in our schools. Elementary schools to hold gender resource fair for kids. Hmm. Where is this taking place? Oh, shocking! Minneapolis. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk? Minneapolis public schools. They held this. This was before this. This was in the spring, but I didn't report it to you. A gender resource fair for elementary school students. Uh, The Locals Teachers Union promoted the event on Twitter, calling it a very cool event for families and their gender-creative kids. Gender-creative kids. What does that mean? I'm not joking. What does it mean to be gender-creative? I presume it means that they're creative with regard to their own gender. Not male, not female, not both, not neither, both, neither. This, on, on Tuesday, I'm a male. On Thursday, I'm a female. The event will include a drag queen story hour for children and a presentation from Dr. Angela Cade Gipford for adults. Gipford is the director of the Gender Health Program at Children's Minnesota which provides puberty blockers, hormones, and menstrual suppression drugs to kids. She says that kids as young as three can know they are transgender. Wow. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, Become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.